Mmm, moist. In this universe, we look at a lot of things like failure is not such a bad thing. If you're not failing, you maybe you're not trying hard enough. Welcome to Ending Pending. I'm your host, Andy. I'm your not host, frantically looking for episode summaries on the internet. You gotta say your name, babe. Oh, I know. <laughs> and then, and then I'm uh Beck, and I'm not Axel the Cat. I'm Ronnie. If you can tell by these introductions, Ending Penny is a podcast where we discuss television shows that have only lasted for a single season. We are currently covering the delightfully quirky Wonderfalls, which you can find on the internet like a normal human. But before we get into that, I've got a bit. Can I have a, ask a question, dear? Yeah, this can be the bit. Oh, well, it's not a good bit. Why do you always start off with, if you couldn't tell by those introductions? Because nobody can ever tell by our introductions. They're incomprehensible. I think that's probably the joke, Evan. I think that's probably the the, 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 the conceit so of, that, of that fun line. Typically, your hints are somewhere taken from the episodes... You and Ronnie today's bits were not, but typically your introductions are like, I'm Evan, and I'm a delightfully unbuttoned shirt showing some peck cleavage. Oh my goodness, on the gentlemanly pace. Comically (laughs) exposed chest. (laughs) Like, typically your bits are like from the show, and if you watched the show, like, like you probably would be like, oh, haha, like I remember that. I mean, it's the first time we've all recorded together in like three weeks. This is this is like homecoming. Yeah, this is. Mm. It's We're beautiful. all a rusty. We're all out of sorts. Uh, so should I do like a bit? Yeah, you should do a bit. Do we do? That's the thing. Do we even do a bit on this podcast? I don't remember. Do, do a bit. I believe in you. I think you're the best. Do. You're the best at bits. All your bits are the best. I love you. Oh, shucks. No, I knew that was going there. What's the bit? The bit is... I don't have one. I don't have a bit. Oh, no! No. (laughs) Okay. I should have known you tried to pass off that bit to Evan so quickly. I I do have one. It's very upsetting, though. Uh Uh-oh. Oh. (laughs) Do we want this to be our return to the podcast stage? It's up to you. I have a bit. It's upsetting. When you say like, that, do you mean it's... Upsetting how? You, you gotta say you gotta, if you want the bit or not. Okay, dispense the bit, and then we will veto it yeah. if it's too upsetting. I mean, I, I have ultimate editing powers. So yeah, Ronnie is... can just make anything disappear. Okay. Ronnie can just right. do anything. Ronnie, you have to swear to me that you won't edit this if you guys accept I, the bit into your hearts. I make no such promises. You please, have to, otherwise please, I'm not I'm gonna going to the bit. I'm haunted by the idea of this bit. Okay, Please. well, the premise was if we accept the bit, then you can't edit it out. But if we... No, were... me saying the bit is you accepting the bit into your hearts. Otherwise, no. we can keep oh, going. No. Yeah. No, you got Okay, I no. will say this. This is the altar call for the bit. You're either going down to the altar to accept <laughs> this bit into your hearts as your personal best friend and lord and savior, or we are moving on and covering Wonderfalls. Andy, I'm That's not it. saying that That's it, and if you accept the bit, you can't edit it. I'm not saying that I don't want to go down and put a stick on the fire with you. I'm just saying I, 
I'm just saying I also might want to put this bit on the fire too. Did I'm you just, ever do the thing where you wrote your sins onto a three by five card and then fucking nailed it to a cross? No, we had no. to do that once. It was intense. That's it was very wow. awkward. Catholics That's don't do extra. that. No. Dispense the bit. Dispense to me the bit. That's one. That's one. I, yes. I give me that. Okay, bit. I, I see a, one hand. I see a hand. Uh, like a Pez dispenser. Say, give it to I me. I will say this. I promise that it won't be deleted. Perhaps this would be a good for the uh, Patreon, Patreon cash. I'm, I'm down with that. All right. Okay. Me, I accept the bit. Okay. Would you rather every uh, time you cry? Or sweat, it's grease. Ooh. It's just grease coming out of your eyes, coming out of your pores, coming out of your arm. It's just straight up thick grease. Uh huh. Or every time you poop, it's it's centipedes. What? What the fuck? <laughs> This is, okay, this is upsetting in a way that I wasn't prepared I told for. you. I told you it was upsetting. This uh, is just disturbing. At, at work uh, at Starbucks, when we're slow, me and my pals, Brady and Gabby, do Would You Rathers, and I came up with this one. It broke Rich. It was so funny. I've never heard Rich swear, and he grabbed me by the shoulders and got real close to me and said, what the fuck? I'm going to have to take the centipedes, I think, because at really with the centipedes, I'm being rid of them. I'm just rid of them forever. If I was producing grease out of me, I mean, all you got to deal with them. They're in the toilet now. You just flush them. They're gone. Yeah, but they're poop sized centipedes. I don't know if you can flush that. Wait, wait, wait. Hold you didn't on say poop sized centipedes. This is like Harry Potter when Ron throws up slugs. So hang on. What you're saying is that every time you have some good, good chili, and have to go to the bathroom, you are basically setting up the opportunity for a D&D encounter against a, <laughs> against a small monster of, 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 of a giant centipede. I guess it depends how big your poops are. I'm still I mean, gonna, look, I'm still gonna take the centipedes, because if I were just, like, sweating and producing grease all the time, um... First of all, it'd be impossible to feel clean ever in your yeah. life. Yeah. Ever. It'd be impo- like you would just feel disgusting. You would look like such you a would, nasty nasty You boy. would look disgusting and mm-hmm. m- my skin would just be destroyed. I would just have disgusting acne all the time and I like the pain and discomfort of that would outweigh the um like the horror. You know, <laughs> Yeah, the horror of once or twice a day having to, uh, like, acknowledge the existence of a giant centipede in my toilet and then flush I mean, it away I, forever and purge it from my life. I, I will say this. I am a very sweaty boy. I, like, I radiate heat when I get out of the shower. And so, like, I would immediately, like, get out of the shower and be a big grease ball. <laughs> I still think I would go centipedes only because... Like Evan said, like the satisfaction of like purging that from your body would probably be pretty like pretty nice, even though it's a it's a horrible monster that's crawling out. I of feel your like body. I'd really hate the feeling of the legs. I mean, not none of this is preferable. None of this. Yeah, is, none of, nothing is good that's happening here. I will say this. I don't hate anything as much as I hate sweating. 
mm-hmm. and I don't think my poops can get any worse. They're already they're already biblically uh biblically apocalyptic every time I, I have to do a number two. So see? just throwing in a purge of insects just fits the I'm- theme of my bathroom experiences. Oh what? What's really Mm-mm. interesting to me is literally every single one of my coworkers said they would rather have the grease, sweat, and tears. That's wild. I that know. Is insane. Yeah, that's I'm some people just never sweat, I think. No, I work with them. They're all sweaty. They just said that they hated centipedes that much, and I'm like, grease is gross. Anyway, no, centipedes aren't that bad, honestly. There's a lot. Oh, Poop and scorpions. Are please you let scorpions? us because that's a different story. Literally anything to change this subject. I would do literally anything. Please, may we talk about the show? Please. Would you? Would you, Would you poop centipedes? <laughs> All right, wonderful. Andy, what show? What show are we talking Wonder, about? Wonderfalls. We're talking about Wonderfalls. I'm so excited. I wasn't here to talk about it last week. Uh, so I'm sure, Ronnie, you'll want to fill us in on your episodes one and two, and or episodes one and three takes, depending yeah. on how oh, Ronnie you interpret this, this Da Vinci show. Code. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, so um, uh, allegedly, what I've heard through the grapevine is that just let this, Ronnie explain it to me, okay? Because I read all of his messages and I couldn't even. Okay, Ronnie, yeah. as a as an intro, why don't you explain the airing schedule of this show and why we were so confused last time and looked like dum dum? So this show was uh, initially released in two thousand four on Canadian television. Um clearly a very canadian show um though not actually set in canada which we will learn later apparently they were real loosey-goosey back in 2004 uh we've had a couple of shows where they air like the first couple of episodes out of order or they'll you know mix things up a little bit uh in this um wonderful wonderful show uh the f- it it says right on wikipedia that um, the order that is presented on Wikipedia is the uh, DVD release, which is apparently how it was intended to be viewed when they were making it. Problem is, is not just the first four episodes. It's it's the entire series. So in order of of how they are, I guess, supposed to be aired. Here is the order of them. One, three. Four, two, five, and six, which were aired on the same night. Then ten and eleven, which were aired on the same night four days later. <laughs> Christ. Seven, eight, nine, twelve, thirteen. Is what the, the fuck? Yeah, I don't. I mean, no wonder I'm not like getting any like character development. Like, what? It's, <laughs> it's tough. It's really tough. They they are. So that wasn't the creators, I, though. That was the network that aired it in that order. That was the network that aired it. Yeah. All right. So we've been watching it in the order that it aired in, not yes. in the order it was curated not in. The, it was on curated the DVD. in. Yeah. Right. Or, we or are, the order in which that the creators intended for us to see it. Yeah, so we are we are experiencing it as the television viewing audience would have experienced it when it aired. And I'm yes. like, I think that's fair. I think that will give us like the best insight potentially onto uh what was not good about this choice and like why it was canceled, maybe. 
Um, although, like, that's very interesting. Uh, I'm sure, I am sure that this show, uh, came together better when the order was deliberate and not random. All right. That's wild. That is very strange. I'm going to use the episode titles to, to keep I think that is a far better way of doing it. Yes, so the episodes that we watched were, um, Pink Flamingos. Yes, okay, it was Pink Flamingos, we watched Wound Up Penguin, and we watched Crime Dog. Crime Dog. Dog. It's not spelled D-A-W-G. I just had to do that. Because, it always should be, though. Because the internet. Uh, in Pink Flamingos, an old high school acquaintance of Jay's named Gretchen Speck Horowitz comes to town, and she's essentially hosting their 10-year high school reunion early. She is, like, desperate to relive high school because her... Although she portrays a sort of wholesome, perfect exterior... She's her life's maybe not going so good, and we kind of find out that as the episode goes on. Uh, Jay hates her very much and doesn't want to be involved in this reunion at all. Um, but she kind of gets like strong armed into helping, and as a result of being involved in this reunion planning, she finds out that uh, Gretchen is like going through some stuff and like maybe needs some support. And maybe needs to, like, get out of her marriage and stuff like that. So, uh, in spite of their animosity, uh, Jay kind of ends up helping Gretchen self-actualize. In spite of being, she's, like, terrible to her, but also feels bad for her. It's, it's a complicated relationship. But the net result is that, uh, Gretchen realizes that she's going about life all wrong, and she needs to, like ditch her husband, and live her life, and stop trying to reclaim high school, and stuff like that. Wound up Penguin. A nun has fled a convent, and is living in this, uh, like, prop barrel in the bar that Jay frequently goes to. Uh, and this nun is, Katrina is her name. Uh, is having, like, a, uh, crisis of faith, and there's a priest trying to convince her to return to the convent and go back to her nunly duties. Nunly? That's definitely not a word. Go back to being a nun. Jay tells this woman that, like, she, she meaning Jay, might be, like, possessed or something, because she keeps hearing these like, talking toy animals talk to her, and Sister Katrina latches onto this idea and, like, learns about exorcisms from Jay's brother, who's, like, a religion major, and tries to perform an exorcism on Jay, and Jay's like, oh, uh, actually, I, I did not want this to happen. This is the worst idea ever. This nun is trying to cast demons out of Jay, and, like, this takes up a large portion of the episode, but, uh, like, towards the end, we find out that the person that Jay was meant to be helping was the priest, because he lived a, a debaucherous... The, the priest that was trying to get the nun to come back to the convent. He lived some kind of a debaucherous lifestyle, 
Like um, a rock star. Before he became a priest. And he has, like, an illegitimate daughter that he found by mistake because he got arrested in the process of, uh... Or no, he just got pulled over because Jay broke his tail light. And they, like, identified him and apparently, like, his... The mother of his child, uh... I assume, had, like, tried to go after him for child support or something like that, because that's the only reason the police would have record of that. But anyway, uh, there's this whole thing with the nun and everything. Secret Targaryens and Jon Snow is Lyanna Stark's The point point of the episode is Spoilers! Is that... (laughs) Is that, uh, Jay escapes this exorcism, and by accident and happenstance and coincidence uh reunites this priest with his long lost daughter and then maybe the nun goes back to the convent i don't actually remember what happened the The thread just dropped like her thread just dropped and it was all about the priest after that then in the episode entitled crime dog it's don't say it it's just crime dog it's crime dog it's just crime dog the tylers who are jay's family uh, Lee Pace and the lesbian sister and the parents have apparently been employing um, a Canadian, a French Canadian housekeeper who it turns out is an illegal alien and somebody reports her to the police and Jay's sister is a lawyer. She's like, well, it's gotta get deported, can't do anything about it. And uh, Jay and Aaron, who is Lee Pace's character and Jay's brother, uh, Jay and Aaron go on a quest to, like, rescue the housekeeper who's been deported to Canada and bring her back home. They, uh, reunite her with her weird parents, and, uh, they get arrested, and Jay's dad, like, bails them out, and, uh, at the end of the day, the housekeeper gets to stay in the U.S. and continue making pancakes for Jay's family. Yay, she's the housekeeper again. So I only just realized that the episode names are not just for the weird talking critters, but for the people who need help. So the runaway penguin is the the priest, or wound up penguin. The pink flamingo is the high school person. And mm-hmm. I guess Crime Dog is the housekeeper because she's an illegal alien. <laughs> Great theory to build this on when you when you had a plan for most of them. I think they in general have some kind of thematic relationship. Scroll back up. What are what were the name of the first episodes? Wax Lion? Was someone Wax Lion? I mean the Wax Lion is the lion, but also The Lesbian? She's lying about her sexuality? <laughs> I don't know. What was episode three? <laughs> I don't think these episodes were thought out as much as you're currently thinking about them. Right? Oh, well, I got I don't this. Know, Scroll down to episode three. Karma, Karma Chameleon, Chameleon was Perfect. Bianca when she was changing her her personality and stuff. I think oh. there's something to it. I don't I think you're. It. I don't think you're wrong. I just don't think uh, they're they they were that deeply thought about. You know, it's just like, oh yeah, she's kind of like a chameleon. We'll just call the thing. Hey, it'll be a toy chameleon. Canadian uh, Canadian broadcasting TV people hire me. I figured your whole shit out. All right, Ronnie. I'm uh, I'm very eager to know 
since we didn't have you on the show last time. Um, these we do these three episodes first, and then I guess we'll sure. do the whole show. But yeah. um, yep. how 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 are these three episodes sitting with you? How are you feeling about them? I love these three episodes. Huh. I'm super duper spoilers. I'm super duper enjoying this show. <laughs> yeah. That's good. This is a fun time. It, it's it's just goofy enough. It is weird in like kind of in a nonsensical way. I would prefer it be weird with like some real ramifications. But I like, you know, I appreciate a show we, that y'all talked about last time. It is episodic. It's not, you know, we're not having to carry so much story over into every episode. We get a little bit more of that this time. But for the most part, it's uh, just, you know. Good fun time to check in on these good actors playing these fun characters. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Evan. Yes, Andy. How's, uh, how's Wonder, 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 Wonderful working for you? Um, I keep going back and forth because some episodes are real fun and then some episodes are just, like, weird in a bad way. Like, the, the writing is so so strange the decisions made are so strange um but i i do think it's working for me i'm gonna continue to give it a just barely though like only just like there's so many weird distractions that really like take me out of my enjoyment but fundamentally i'm still like kind of fascinated by it so yeah i guess it's working hey andy yes my love uh, are these three episodes, uh, working for you? Um, yeah, that's a good question. Isn't it? So, I kinda liked Pink Flamingo. Like, there were parts of it I liked, there were parts of it I didn't like. I hated Wound Up Penguin, I hated it. I, I did not pay much attention to it, because I, I was so bored. And then I loved Crime Dog. So I'm going to say yes. And I think the real kicker for that yes is how much like pectoral like side cleavage <laughs> we were getting from Lee Pace. <laughs> His like strategically unbuttoned and then like spread wide. Sh- uh, button up shirt his, with his, no undershirt. His chest was very damp too. Yeah, I don't oh. know how it got that way. Like he can't have been sweating that. There much. was someone on set. I swear to Christ, there was someone on sweat on set. <laughs> there was someone on set whose job it was to unbutton and strategically like spread wide Lee Pace's yes. button up. And then to spritz him, and to spritz, and then floof his hair in a specifically messy, like intentionally unintentional looking messy hair. Elegantly disheveled. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Like Robert Pattinson's collar on Twilight. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it's, it, it's very much like if you were to just wear a shirt that open and walk around, eventually it would like kind of close into like the normal, like. That takes somebody like karate chopping either side of your shirt to make sure it stays open in it's such great. a comically exposing way. So that is moving Wonderfalls up from okay, because it would have just been okay for me, into like 
I am enthusiastically on board for this show because they they know who's watching it. Mm-hmm. And it's me. And uh, they did that for me. Yeah. Oh, hello there. I didn't see you come in. I'm just reading Philosophical Trends in the Feminist Movement by Anuradha Gandhi. Why don't you have a seat and we'll discuss the shortcomings of Western feminism and how we can address these issues. Johnny! Johnny, what what are you doing in my house? I'm I'm sorry, I I don't have a fireplace. I don't live in like a petite bourgeois like mansion with a fireplace. I have a mouth lung set up. I was going to look all cool. I have a smoking jacket. Listen, we, we, we have to... This is an audio medium. They can't see all of this. We, if you if you want to do a promo, why don't we just do a promo? Fine. Because, you know, it's sexist for me to be doing it alone anyways. Hi. Welcome to Comradical. I'm Haley Rose, and this is my co-host... Johnny Samuvati. This is an educational podcast about socialism and you. We take high-concept ideas and bring them down into more easily digestible humorous bits so that you can maybe get a handle on some of these theories. We go over how having a materialist understanding of the world around you can help make the world a little bit brighter for you and a little bit better for everyone else. We air every other Thursday only on Lunar Light Studio. So tune in. Seize the means. Stay calm, radical. A strong point in this show's favor is that, especially considering it came out in 2004, this show's real woke. Yeah. It's a woke show. Mm-hmm. There's the- definitely points where it's like... Are we talking positives uh, now? Well, I... Yeah, let's talk. Oh, let's, let's talk positives. For the first time ever, I have naturally brought us into a positive. Whoa. So, whoa. <laughs> Axel just gave me a you, very... Let you pick this show look. more often, Evan. Um... Yeah, there are definitely moments where it's like, this is, you know, kind of not great. This is a little shitty. But for the most part, yeah, it 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 is at least seems aware when it does that kind of thing. And again, like for 2004, relatively sure. speaking. Yes. This was. Yes. Uh, oh, God, this was 15 years ago. This is a show Ooh. from 15 years ago and they have lesbians all up in it. And. Yeah. When the lesbian sister deports their housekeeper, they're like, what are you thinking? How could you be so cruel as to, like, deport people who did nothing wrong except just, like, hang out on expired visas? Everyone tells her she's a dick. Yeah. Every single person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mm-hmm. was I was actually very worried at the beginning of that episode because she was, like, giving a, a, a press briefing or whatever, and she was like, yes, well, we've sent a message, you know, that... There's a, a legal way to enter the United States for aspiring Americans. She used the phrase aspiring Americans. And then it immediately cuts to, like, them in a bar just, like, absolutely ripping her a new one. Like, how could you be such a dick that you would take this poor woman who's never done anything wrong in her life except have an expired visa and deport her and, like, destroy her whole life. Like, what the fuck is the matter with you? The chill dude bartender whose only job is to be, like, chill on this show even walks over to her and is like, Oh, you're the lady from the news. You're an asshole. And I was just like, yeah. damn. Yeah. yeah. Also, the entire yeah the entire cast dunks on her the whole time, and it's very good. Also, in Pink Flamingo... Uh, the, like, high school, like, cheerleader girl is, like, having a breakdown in the bathroom about how, 
uh, her like life hasn't been uh, perfect and she's struggling with her identity. And this dude comes in and is like, I'm obsessed with you. I think you're wonderful. And she's like, I've loved you since high school. She's like, you're in the women's room. And he's like, I know, but I've been looking to get you alone all night. And she's like, that's creepy. And he's like, I've, I've been in love with you since high school. And she's like, did we have classes together? And he's like, I altered my schedule senior year to have every (laughs) class with you. And she's like, this is bizarre. You should not have done that. This isn't normal. He's like, but we can be together now. And she's like, no, but I like how like powerful I feel right now with you like shriveling before me. So I'm going to chase that and like just be a, a, a power, a powerhouse. And like, I'm leaving. And if you come near me again, I'm going to pepper spray you. And she leaves. And I was so scared that when this weirdo creep went into the bathroom, was like, I love you. She was going to leave her husband for him. Well, and the fact that she left her husband for herself and then was like, fuck it. I'm going to be a powerful, like single woman was cool. Yeah. Uh, the dialogue, it was extremely, like, leaning into the trope where she, like, realizes she doesn't love her husband, and then there's this man right there who's like, I've always been in love with you. I've always wanted to be with you. And, like, in any other movie, she'd be like, fuck my husband, you clearly love me, so, like, I'm in love with you now. Yeah. Uh, it, it, no, she she doesn't. She just she straight up pulls pepper spray on him and is like, "Leave me alone forever. I'm having a crisis, but that doesn't mean I'm just gonna like fall into your arms or whatever. Please kindly fuck off." <laughs> like it, it took the the language and the the setting up of every like rom com trope ever mm-hmm. and just totally like reversed it and it was it was it was great it it was very very good and to see that in 2004 like damn yeah also just just generally for that actress that character was very good yeah it was i i I enjoyed that character the entire time one of the funniest lines i've heard in this show a big point of emphasis for that character is that she is jewish by marriage that she is converted to judaism because her husband is jewish um, and she flaunts that a lot. Um, she talks about somebody else who is been Jewish from birth. And she says something like, well, he's more Jewish than I am. I'm more of a Christmas and Easter Jew. <laughs> that <laughs> fucking I, cracked me we up. We both absolutely at that. died. That is so, so funny. Also, like that and then the uh, sort of religious denomination banter in Wound Up Penguin. That was the only thing yep. about Wound Up Penguin that I really liked. Was yep. they were like, are you Pentecostal? Are you trying to freak us out right now? Like, <laughs> there was there was some solid goofums in in yeah. that episode, even though I did not like that episode. Yeah, and that uh, is not uh, that's not something that you would get unless you were raised in like right. a, a faith community. But right. they were very choice, very uh, very accurate jokes. Her her parents, her Presbyterian parents. Was it Presbyterian? Yeah, they're the most Presbyterian parents ever, too. Which, which is like Presbyterian is fairly liturgical, um, but like the idea of like Protestants finding out that you're interested in Catholicism, like they reacted exactly yeah. how I have had like 
evangelicalism explained to me as a Catholic. I'm just like, we can pray directly to God. We don't need to go through these saints or nothing. It's way better over here. Yep. We're going to Bible study because that's what we do in the middle of the week. It was like, oh, no, too real, too real. Yeah. It, it, all, was, all of the religious jokes are, they're not like mean spirited in any way mm-mm, that I've noticed, mm-mm. but they're very funny. Yeah. Uh, there was a line where they were like, we love the idea of you going to church. We just want to make sure you're not going to, you know, the wrong church. Right. Like, it was very delightful. We like that you're going to God. We just want to make sure it's the right God. (laughs) Yeah. The only part I didn't like was, um, Lee Pace's, uh, dialogue about exorcisms. It didn't feel like something, uh a doctoral candidate in religious studies would say he was just kind of rambling off like very uh like occult sounding shit and i get it was like a setup for then the uh nun going insane and trying to perform an exorcism on jay but i was just like i think part of that is that like lee pace's character is the like living at home kind of a stoner, like, watching Mm. porn on VHS, like, characterization as well as being the religious studies dude. I don't know. It was, it was weird and bizarre. But Lee Pace is great. Lee Pace is so good. And I want, I I want to enter something, can I enter something into the record here? It Mm -hmm. is. Um, I'm gonna play a bit here, and then I'll cut it into the episode later, of a line that Lee Pace has that might change the way some people feel about a certain word. How would you know what I do best? You don't know a thing about me. How could we? In 20 years, we received half a dozen postcards. Which is more than I received from you in all the time I was under this roof. Mmm. Moist. (laughs) That got me. That was... That was... It has nothing to do with anything. Don't it's not even like the most tense moment of the entire episode. And they just zoom in on Lee Pace. Mmm. Moist. But and was I enjoyed he eating it. something. I don't remember. Yeah. He was eating like a cake or a tart or something like that. But while they're having this <laughs> argument. Yeah. We need to make that a part of our show somehow. Of just like He was very moist. He was. was, He he, he was moist. The cakes were moist. He was Lee Moist Pace. Mmm. Moist. The best part of episode five was Lee Pace trying to figure out what is wrong with Jay. And like and like detective out what is what her deal is. And whether that's him at the breakfast table being like, Are you talking to the creamer? And then taking the creamer with him to visit his sister at work and like ambush her with it to see if she talks to it. It was, it was delightful and it, it had very good brother sister energy to it. Mm-hmm. It really felt like they were siblings. The chemistry was really on brand and both of their comedic timing was like top notch. And then the yeah. writing with at the end of the episode that he has smashed the head off the creamer. In such a way that it still functions, so his parents won't buy a new one, but now his sister won't be upset by it, because he, he hasn't figured out what's going on with her. He just has, like, recognized that the cow upsets her. <laughs> it, it was very funny. It was very good. Mm-hmm. It warmed my it warmed my heart. Yeah, Lee, like, 
The dynamic between Jay and Lee Pace is something we really didn't get until this episode. It was this was like the first Lee Pace centric episode. Mm-hmm. It works like the dynamic between them works so, so well. And, and it even makes the dynamic of all three siblings. We've, we've had a lot of interaction of Sharon and Jay before, but like all three of them together now, it makes so much more sense. And, and you're still, you know losing something i think having everything out of order but it's starting to really develop a wholeness to the characters that really are tying the show together it's why these three episodes worked so much better for me than than uh the other two the running joke of everyone realizing that jay's sister is a lesbian but the family is very good like even the cop is like look at her fingernails yeah oh that was a very that was a very like I couldn't tell if that was like wedged in or if it was just like, this is one lesbian recognizing something in another lesbian. I don't know um, if the cop is a lesbian, but or just like a good detective. Kind yeah. Of thing. I think it was just like, she's a cop. That's fair. And that like, everyone realizes how obvious it is, but like Jay's family. It, I, I, the dynamic of like Jay just kind of doing her own thing and everyone like the rest of the family like trying to keep up with her is such an interesting thing because the whole show is poised as like Jay is this total fuck up and everyone else is doing so much better than her yada yada and she's always like concerned about how she appears but like what it really is is all of these people trying to like keep up with Jay because she's just living her best life and Jay just kind of being super nonchalant about all the impact she's having that like everyone is trying there's a line it's so good like she's holding jay is holding the cow creamer and it's talking to her as she's walking past sharon and jay goes stupid cow and sharon goes selfish bitch that but she was does so it in such a it's like it's like rushed like she wasn't expecting her to say that like it was the pancake stupid cow selfish bitch Everyone is trying to stay a step ahead and Jay is just like much, much further past them, but not even like because she's interacting with them. It's because she's interacting with these weird stuffed animals in the world around her. And it's so, so good. I liked in um, Pink Flamingo that the the muses (laughs) entire advice to Jay was to be an asshole to her her former bully. And that by, like, ruining that girl's, or, I'm sorry, that woman's night, she improved her life. Like, I just thought that was interesting that, like, Jay did not do anything helpful. Jay did nasty stuff to her. And that is what, like, set this person free. I also appreciate that no one really gets screwed over in this show. Like, Mm -hmm. that lady's husband had a very bad night. Like, he got in a car accident, and then his wife left him. And the episode still went out of its way to show you a 30-second montage (laughs) of that dude falling in love after getting, like, divorced and raising a wonderful, happy Jewish family. Mm Mm-hmm. A very Jewish family. Yeah. Very Jewish. And, like, it showed you, like, 40 years of that man's life in 30 seconds to assure you that don't... Don't feel guilty for what happened to him. He made it out okay, too. And mm-hmm. that's very sweet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is very wholesome. And Creepy dude and in the bathroom that- didn't get shit, though, because fuck that guy. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. 
Yeah, it, it's it definitely takes the time to like a lot of the issues we've been having with shows is like there's just no satisfaction here. There's just, you know, this doesn't wrap up well. The We've had all these episodes without a conclusion. Whereas like this show takes the things that you would normally never get a conclusion for. And it's like, yeah, we'll wrap that up, that up in a nice neat bow for you. And we'll wrap this up in a nice neat bow for you. And it just keeps on keeping on to like assure you that like, hey, Jay is clearly doing some weird stuff. She's like an agent of fate, but it's all going to be for the best. Well, and, like, and you can still be on her side no matter what. That's something that I've always hated about romance movies in general. Like if you take the notebook, the the mm-hmm. two main characters yeah. are cheating on James Marston. James Marston is engaged to the female protagonist in the notebook. And she cheats on her war hero fiance with her old high school fling and then like divorce like breaks up with the guy at the altar and like gives the ring back and james marston the only thing we know about him is that like he was faithful through and through his best friend died in the trenches in his arms in world war ii the the hope of his loving uh, fiance got him through the war and then he gets home ready to marry her. And for no fault of his own, because he's been a stand up guy this whole time in the movie, she leaves him after cheating on him with like no explanation. And it's like, damn, that guy got fucked in that movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yep. uh, there's no resolution. You don't find out what happens to him. It doesn't be like, Oh, right. like here's a throwaway line. Don't worry. He made it he, like, he found happiness too somehow. It's just like, we're not going to talk about him again. And like, fuck that. I can't root for these two protagonists now. They're bad people. It's not okay to cheat on someone. Yeah. And even when like, it's done, like I think about uh, the movie Sweet Home Alabama. I don't know if you've ever seen that. It's been um, a long time. Yeah. But Reef Witherspoon uh, is a national treasure. She's fantastic. At the end of it, when she decides to like go back with her ex, you know, Alabama husband instead of her rich uh, Patrick Dempsey uh, fiance, there's like this moment of like Patrick Dempsey is just kind of like, no, you know what? It's for the best. And it's like, that's not resolution. <laughs> that doesn't count. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, there's no reason for him to say that. Whereas this show is like, Here's the reason. Here's how it's all going to work out. He had a real bad day. Mm -hmm. He had a real bad day, but everything was okay. Yeah, he he got a real happy life out of it still. Mmm. Moist. Can we talk about negatives now? Mm hmm. Yep. Um, I got got a negative. I don't fucking get the the toys, the kitsch, the things that talk to Jay. I don't. What is the lore there? I mean, I know they're, like, encouraging her to help people with the vaguest hints possible, but, like, why do they all have the same weird smoky or smoker gravelly voice? Why are they all unsettling? Like, that's how fate sounds, you know? (laughs) What is, like, I'm just. Presumably, they should sound like the spirit of the waterfall or the maid in the mist from the first episode, right? I get like it's it her statue like, that like has brought them all to life. When, it like right. it seemed like when people were making wishes at the fountain, those were then manifesting in the nearest item of kitsch. But that aspect seems to have been dropped. Like the the wishing fountain thing seems to have just 
Like We haven't seen anyone make a wish in a while. Yeah, that just seems to have disappeared. Uh, I don't need this all, like, explained to me if the rules are consistent. You know, I don't need to be handheld through weird shit. I can just accept that shit is weird. Um, the thing that's bothering me is, like, the inconsistency of what's happening. It bothers me that each toy doesn't seem to have its own like personality they're all sort of like avatars of the same abstract idea none of them have a personality um all of them seem to deliberately communicate and when i say all of them maybe it's the same like entity i don't know uh they all seem to deliberately be as confusing as possible just for the sake of creating plot contrivances in the episode. But then they also torture Jay when they, like, she doesn't, like, follow the letter of their, like, mandate. Yeah, and, again, it's just, it's, it's distracting. You know what I mean? It's, if the, if the rules were consistent, then it wouldn't be, like, pulling me out of the episode to constantly be thinking about, like, okay, but what is the actual deal here? Is there going to be a reveal? Like, what, why do they all have the same strange gravelly smoker voice except the cow who has a lady's voice? Uh, like, why was there the wish thing and then they dropped it? Why, why are these people being chosen as subjects that need Jay's help? What prompts the objects to start talking and like, when, what are the rules that govern when and where the objects get invested in a situation? It's just, like, distractingly weird. So I kind of have an answer to one of those, but I don't think it's going to be helpful. Like, I don't think it, it truly, like, brings any satisfaction to you. Um, on the DVD commentary, uh, it says that the uh, scene where Jay throws a quarter into the fountain... Um, was added after the fact. They had to, like, reshoot that entire episode because the network wanted there to be, like, an impetus mm-hmm. for why the muses start talking. So maybe, like, what I'm saying is, like, that's kind of just a contrivance in itself. Like, so previously she f- was just, like, having a she mental was, break or... Or something. It, there was no I- real reason for why things happened. And the network was like, oh, let's add this in. So maybe the creators just as they move forward didn't really adhere to that plan. It was more of like a uh, producer uh, workaround. Um, I sort of wish they'd left it out because if it was just like, you know, maybe she's kind of having a breakdown because we know that she's dissatisfied with her life. She know We know that like she wishes she had a purpose in the abstract, um, but had it not been for that weird, uh, like, coin thing. Also, it's not just Jay that throws the coin. It's, like, the UPS guy also throws a coin and makes a wish. So right. we get set up with this expectation that, like, okay, the the wishes in the wishing well are what's animating the objects. But then they just forget about that. As of, like, right. episode two, they just totally abandon that idea, and the objects just are talking to Jay and tormenting her. And, um... At least if they had left out the wishing well thing, we could just sort of assume that, like, all right, you know, maybe she's, like, a little unstable. Like, maybe maybe these toys are talking to her because, like, they're her own conscience, and that's mm-hmm. kind of why they have all the same voice and no personality, and that's why she brings them back to her trailer so they can torment her. But 
Yeah, I think the coin thing just made it more confusing. Yeah, I I, I agree with you. Uh, but that's like, it's certainly part of the show where I'm like, I want to know what the invisible hand is pulling the strings here. I want to know like what the overarching story is. And if it's just that she's having a mental breakdown, that's fine. But like make that very evident and clear because I'm waiting for a man in black to come out and say, Oh, you've been getting my messages or something like that, Mm -hmm. which I don't think this show is, is heading for. Nah. Um, but I also like, I'm just, you know, I'm kind of cool with it. Just being like, the animals are talking to her. No one knows why. Here's the crazy hijinks she gets into. Ba-da-da-ba. Um, yeah, I also wish that instead of having a sort of strange, uh, singular personality amongst all of the kitsch items, they, they each had their own personality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, I, I definitely wish that, like, Wax Lion was an actual character with yeah. dialogue and yeah. stuff like that. I, I am okay with, like, the really, like, cryptic way that they're talking to her, because I feel like that hasn't quite, like, lost, like, they haven't ran run out of ideas for ways that they can twist that um, yet to this point. It could be coming very soon, um, but we are expecting it now, so so who knows? But yeah, I, I I would very much prefer like the um, Pogo cameo, basically from uh, from Umbrella from Academy, Umbrella. where Pogo is basically the the therapist monkey mm-hmm. bookend. I would like like Pogo to be in this show and walking around and talking to to Jay. That would that would be a lot more fun. Probably a lot more expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, another negative I have is that Karma Chameleon and Wound Up Penguin were both like just bizarrely written. They're very bad. They're very like uh, they both contain like all these strange like misdirects, and I don't get it. Like especially, I mean, we're we're focusing on like the three more recent ones, but. Uh, wound up penguin like they spend the whole episode focused on this nun and like her crisis of faith and her sudden obsession with exorcism and then her trying to help jay and then like just kidding it was about the priest the whole time the plot was about the priest the message from the kitsch item was to do with the priest not the nun, and the nun was just incidental, even though we spent all this time getting invested in her as a character throughout the episode. I mean, whether also, it, whether that was successful or not, you can argue, but we spent all of this time invested in that character through the episode. More specifically, it was about the priest's daughter, mm-hmm. who Jay, like, had never met and only saw briefly once. It was, because it was like, get her to him or something like that right so she thought it was about getting the the nun back to god the father when in reality it was getting this random girl back to her father who happens to be the priest that is hunting the nun that jay thinks it's about so like which i will also which i will also say this man meets this ostensibly what like 11 10 11 year old girl who is his biological child gets down on a knee and says I'm your dad. It's like, nope, nope. You, 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 whether you knew it or not, you abandoned this child. Yeah, you did not so earn that. You get to be like, hi, I'm Pete. Uh, I'll work up to dad eventually. But for now, nice to meet you. 
Yeah, so it it was all the like double misdirects that happened in that episode just don't they don't work for me. They didn't work in Karma Chameleon. And I'm assuming this next batch of episodes for next week will also have an episode that is just awful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Were they written by the same dude? No. no, I actually checked that. Um, Wound Up Penguin was written by the dude who... Wrote Todd, Todd Holland, it looks like, right, has well, written... Well, directed by Todd Holland, written oh. by Liz Garcia. Oh, sorry, I'm looking at this in a different format than I usually do. Yeah, they, um, they were written by totally different people, so... Yeah. But... They both um, did bad. Y'all both did bad writing those episodes. Yeah. Uh, so in uh, Pink Flamingos, we finally see uh, Sharon, Sharon, yeah, Sharon and her girlfriend. Uh, let me figure out her name. Beth. I think it's Beth. I'm not sure. Um, they are like canoodling and all like that. And they're having a nice time. And the girl Beth reveals that she is actually straight. And it's very insistent upon that fact of like, well, yeah, I mean, I've been with a girl before in college and sororities and and I'm with you now, but no, I'm just straight. And it's like real heavy handed on like, like we can all, I mean, again, this is 2004, but we can all stand here in 2019 and say, Hey, there's, there's middle ground between being a lesbian and being straight, like it just it it felt kind of bi erasure to me. Oh yeah, for and, sure. Yeah, and I was just kind of like this, like if if it was just like one thing of just like I actually do like men sometimes, it would be like maybe enough for 2004. But it was like I only like men, but I'm having fun with you, but I'm just straight. It was like very nope. Also, Nail with how insistent she was that like. Hey, if you're not ready to come out of the closet, we can break up. Mm-hmm. Right. It was like it really yeah. looks like you're in the closet too. There. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just felt like it, it felt. I guess it just felt 2004. It felt a little bit like. Yeah, that was know. that was probably the least woke moment. They did kind of address the um, the gold star lesbian thing, where there definitely is so. To their credit, I guess, they did address, uh, like, I guess her name is Beth. If it's not, we're just gonna call her Beth. She was like, oh, does it, does it bother you that I've been with men? Cause, like, you've never been with men. This is, like, a common thing. There's biphobia amongst lesbians as well, so, I don't know, I felt like they were trying, is what I'm saying. They were trying to say something, and mm-hmm. they were just, like you said, very 2004 about it. Great bit when, uh... I'm going back to a positive real quick when uh, they're trying to put uh, the housekeeper in the trunk and they're like, oh, we've got pillows oh, and blankets this, back here. And she's like, me. she's like, oh, it's your teddy bear blanket. And Lee Pace goes, they're Ewoks. <laughs> that was very good. It made me so happy. Yep. It was very funny. Yep. Also, mm-hmm. later in the episode, they imply that he continues to use that as his bedding because. Yep. Uh. Jay had washed it, I guess, 
and, like, was just delivering it back to his room, where he currently uses it on his bed, presumably. Yeah. His Return of the yeah, Jedi she, she was like, sheets. where do you want your, your Star Wars sheets? And he's like, oh, just throw them back in my room where you got them. And she's like, oh, I'm throwing them here. And she just tosses them in the hallway, and he groans. <laughs> they really play him up in the first episode to be, like, just as stuffy as the rest of the family. And I appreciate how they have, like, chipped away at that in the uh, in the recent episodes speaking as someone who used to be uh getting their masters in religious studies but dropped out <laughs> with a semester left uh i i think lee pace is done perfectly here because mm-hmm. i too wish yeah. i had ewok betting evan won't let me have it Evans, that Evans was the real villain. I, you I never asked me for yeah. Ewok betting. I actually don't know if he'd turn it down or not. He's okay with all of the stuffed porgs that populate our bed. So yeah. many porgs. I've embraced all the porgs. You have. You also love them now. It's mm. great. Mmm. Moist. These uh, whole five episodes of Wonder Balls. Uh, Evan. Yes, Ronnie. Are these five episodes working for you? Uh, yeah. They, there's some things they could do better, certainly. Um, but I don't dread watching it. So, uh, mm-hmm. there's bits that I genuinely like. So, I'm gonna say yeah. Uh, Andy. Yes, Ronald. These five episodes of Wonder, Wonder Falls, do they work? For you. Here's the deal. It's not quite as good as I wish it was, but the show takes risks and it's fucking weird. And I respect that. And there is gratuitous shots of Lee Pace's cleavage. So I'm going to say yes. It is working for Very me. Good. Very good. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, yeah. Are these five episodes of... Wonder, 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 wonder falls. Working for you? They sure are. Hell yeah. I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying the hell out of this, uh, this fun little romp. I love that theme song. It's going to get annoying after a while. I really but I don't really like enjoy it. it. But the, you know, do you not like it? The intro is bad, but I love the theme song. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, the, the intro feels very like the whole thing from tip to toe feels very uh, decom like it feels like a Disney Channel original movie like made for adults and stretched out over 13 hours yeah that's um, that's a very accurate assessment yeah I, I anyway yeah I'm enjoying it it's fun and I am even more than not dreading it I'm excited for the next couple episodes um, very curious to see what Lee Pace does and, and how I his know. cleavage appears in the future mmm moist you can follow us on Twitter at PendingPod. You can follow us on Facebook at PendingPod, on Instagram at EndingPending. Send those emails to PendingPod at gmail.com and check us out on LunarLightStudio.com along with lots of other great shows that we are super duper happy to be a part of. Uh, shows like Storyboard and... Are you waiting for us to chime in? Yeah, it's a call and response kind of thing. Goodness gracious. (laughs) We fucked up. And Ah. advertising. 
Advertising's a good one. And I'm on... I'm a guest on a new podcast. Mock Footage, it's called. I, I guested on Mock oh. Footage. My episode is not out yet. The concept sure. is the one the one boy hasn't seen any movies ever. And the other boy <laughs> has seen a lot of movies and loves them. And he sits the first one down and makes him describe the plot of the movie and who's in it. And then they watch the movie and then they come back and they discuss how close they were and what was better, the real movie or the conceptual movie. Mm. And I'm on the Mad Max Fury Road episode. Ooh, that's fun. Yeah. And that movie's perfect, so it was very fun discussing it. You'll be able to check out that podcast very soon and check out lots of other podcasts right this second on LunarLightStudio.com. I don't even know if the first episode of Mock Footage has dropped yet. I don't uh, think it has. I, I've been keeping my lid tight on this for like four weeks now. I'm very excited for mm-hmm. it to come out. So very it's exciting. premiering very someday. Exciting. It's coming soon. It's coming, coming soon. soon. Keep your eyes out. You heard Eesh. it here first, folks. That was an exclusive. Look <laughs> at us. We're dropping exclusives. Fuck yeah. <laughs> hot off the press. Ronnie was in the business meeting. We know shit no one knows. We, we, I mean, we know shit that representatives from every other podcast on Lunar Light Studio knows. But we're the ones spilling the beans. We are Come here for your Lunar Light spoilers. Spilling all the moist, moist cake. Um, I really hope that you're peppering in the paste clips all throughout this episode. It, I, I am giving myself carpal tunnel with all the copying and pasting <laughs> I'm doing right now of, of Lee Paste moist quotes. Mmm. Moist. There's a bug in our bed. Uh, we gotta wrap this up. It's really freaking me yeah. the fuck out. Is it a centipede? No, no. it's some sort <laughs> of antenna boy. Did one of you take bug. a big centipede dump? We have stink dump? bugs in our house and it's very distressing. Yeah, I'll bet it's a stink bug if you had a centipede crawl out of your butt. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> oh, Andy. <laughs> I broke them. I broke them. <laughs> Andy spikes the audio mouth. again. Oh, the stink bugs flew at me. Mmm. Moist. <laughs> oh, oh, Christ. Please donate to our Patreon. Everything's it awful is. right now. Our Patreon is <laughs> patreon.com slash LunarLightHQ. Go, donate, get lots of cool perks. Say that you only listen to us, though. I just had a stink bug fly at me for this podcast. Mm-hmm. I deserve all mm-hmm. of your money. All the money. Don't give it to anyone else um, in the network but us. Don't give it to anyone else, and especially don't give it to Pawn Shop Lou. Support all the shows you like, though. I mean, but, support I mean, all the shows you like. Yes, don't tell Pawn Shop Lou which shows you like. Don't tell him don't anything. Don't tell Pawn only tell the Patreon, do not tell Pawn Shop Lou. Pawn Shop Lou sweats and cries grease. <laughs> that, that's probably accurate. <laughs> I'm cutting it there. Mmm. Moist. Lunar Light Studio. Pretty, witty, and gay. Mm.